If you love the conversations we're having here on this podcast, we hope you'll join us in person this November at the Rooted 2023 conference in Nashville, Tennessee. It's a full three days of a family-like setting where you'll worship, fellowship, and be equipped and encouraged for another year of ministry. We'll have main session speakers including Daniel Yang, Trillian Newbell, and Kelly Capick, 20 fantastic workshops from pastors, theologians, counselors like Mike McGarry and Sissy Goff, and music led by Sandra McCracken, the Lipscomb University Gospel Choir, and more. Join us today at rootedministry.com conference or click the link in the show notes. Don't forget to sign up before September 15th before prices increase. Again, that's rootedministry.com conference. Welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, where we offer resources to help youth pastors center their ministry in the gospel and disciple their students toward lifelong faith in Jesus. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. I'm your host, Tucker Fleming, and this is the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. In continuance with our series on the foundations of youth ministry today, uh, we will be talking about a subject that's near and dear, probably to the hearts of most, if not all, youth pastors and most, if not all, parents or anybody else who works with students. Um, So today we'll be chit-chatting about relational discipleship with a friend of the ministry, a friend of ours uh, Andrew King, who is the youth and family pastor at Hope Community Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Andrew, welcome to the pod, man. Thanks, Tucker. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. I'm wondering before we get started, if by way of introduction, you would mind telling the folks just a little bit more about yourself, maybe where you went to school, kids, general context, sports teams you like, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, happy to do that. So I I grew up in South Carolina and I Went to a small college in Western North Carolina, Brevard College, mm-hmm. and I I studied wilderness leadership and experiential education. How about uh, that? So essentially outdoor ed, but so much of what I studied was about relationship too, in a lot of ways. So, yeah. And then I worked with Young Life Camping specifically for pretty much my all of my 20s, everything mm-hmm. from being a backpacking guide to being on full-time camp staff. And I met my wife. At a young life camp in Colorado Frontier Ranch, mm-hmm. uh, she went to the University of Tennessee, and so I married in to the Tennessee family. And so yeah. I, I'm a, a Tennessee fan. We have two boys. Benton is our oldest; he's about to be four, and then Butler, he's one. Benton is becoming a big Tennessee fan. Yeah, uh, for his birthday cake, he wants a Joe Milton birthday cake. Nice. Uh, potentially the starting quarterback. Uh, yeah. For- or Tennessee. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of my intro. I moved down to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina in 2016. At the time, I specifically, I, I felt called to campus ministry. I was thinking about RUF. That had been a really impactful ministry um, for my wife. Um, I didn't have that college experience um, or that campus ministry experience, but I got plugged in with Hope pretty early on when we moved here. And I thought I would be typecasted as the youth guy because I yeah. had a lot of like young life experience, youth experience. Uh, and I had no intentions of thinking that would be be my full-time job, but um, really fell in love with it. And so I've been in this role since 
I interned in the fall of 2017 and came on full-time staff in the winter of 2018. And so been the youth and family pastor here since then. So, nice, man. So you were uh, getting your sea legs right when COVID hit. I'm sure you just gotten used to the job and then bang. Yeah. yeah. COVID was definitely, I feel like we're still, uh, still recovering in some ways mm-hmm. or still kind of navigating what life looks like post COVID. Yeah. That was definitely like, put some things on hold, felt like momentum was just kind of halted in yeah. that time. Yeah. And that's right around the time that we, we hired Mac Harris yeah. um, came staff right around like when COVID hit too. So it was just a, yeah, it was a really interesting season for sure. Yeah. Uh, Gosh. But, yeah. To be pastoring through a like generation defining event. That's not, like, I, you know, for you and I, that event is probably like 9-11 or something, you know, like you have kind of what life was like before and then what yeah. life was like after. Yes. And long and drawn out as that was, something about the duration and the dynamic of COVID and especially the political polarization um, that came out of that, that's like makes it just such a unique event, it seems like. Yes. And I, I was even, I was hanging out with a, a senior a couple of weeks ago and he was talking, it, he's, he's a rising senior mm-hmm. and he was saying how it just feel, he's like, I don't feel like I'm a senior. Yeah. A big yeah, part of that is robbed of high school. He, yeah. Cause he it hit his eighth grade year, the spring of his eighth grade year, mm-hmm. the start of high school was all remote. And then sophomore year was pretty similar and they started easing back in. And so his junior year was his first normal, like where he was in person and had a normal high school experience. Yeah. And so I think just from the, the time warp of what it felt like, um, he just doesn't feel like a senior. That's wild. I, you know, that's a, a decent segue into our topic for today. Um, you know, COVID was one of those things that I think made a concept of something like relational discipleship much more important, much more urgent in the life of the church, and then, you know, also much more challenging and difficult. I'm wondering, as we kind of kick around uh, relational discipleship and what it looks like in the day-to-day of youth ministry, you know, I think you and I, most of our listeners would probably say relational discipleship as a practice has always been crucial to ministry and especially to youth ministry. I'm wondering if you feel like or see maybe that it's more not important, but maybe more urgent today in that kids kind of have a digital self that's almost their truer self or their more real self or their more curated self than their like physical embodied being. And yet that's coupled with that connectedness is coupled with this like increasing epidemic of loneliness, you know, people call it, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm wondering kind of, into that cultural context, do you see relational discipleship as as maybe a more urgent element of ministry today than maybe in the past? Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, I, I do. <laughs> um, but I think, like you were saying, Tucker, it's always been mm-hmm. a really important part of, I think, all ministry. Yeah. I think in many ways it gets kind of lived out a lot more in, in youth ministry in some ways kids have more time to hang out and do fun mm-hmm. things. But I think what it comes down to is this level of like kids are dying to be known and they're yeah. 
they're longing, longing to be known and longing to be seen. And that's where I think the relational ministry piece is such a way of moving towards kids and creating this space for them to be known, for them to be seen. Um, and without the, um, without Instagram or whatever social media platform um, they're using to connect. I So, so much of relational ministry for me, it, it, and I'm thinking I have more like I'm hanging out with guys and mm-hmm. um, I know it looks different with our female leaders and female staff. Um, but we, a lot of times I, I'll do it around an activity of some kind is yeah. what I try to, yeah. try to do. One of the things that's worked really well for us, we had a couple of guys that um, they're Eagle Scouts now, but their Eagle Scout project was to build a, a Frisbee golf course on our property. Um, and that has been one of the, um, one of the things that I've done with guys, like something will come up in conversation or I'll hear like about a girlfriend or Mm -hmm. about a question they have. And one of the first things I'll ask is, Hey, well, let's, let's go play Frisbee. Um, and I think, I know youth guys can get those, (laughs) like what we do is we play like Frisbee Uh all the time. But what I've found is um, I like the language that David Thomas uses about windshield time of mm-hmm. like you're in the car with your, with your kid. There's something about that, that is, I found, especially with guys that when you have this activity that you're doing together, it, you can have pauses in the conversation. You can have these moments of where you're like, Oh man, that was a great throw. And then you can dive uh-huh. in. Yeah. Um, if you're trying to have this intentional conversation, but there's also just this uh, sweetness of getting to play with kids, yeah. just getting them being getting to be a kid and just enjoy um, playing something that really doesn't have much of like, there's nothing at stake. Yeah. They just enjoy doing it. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's one of the things that I've found and like, uh, they're not, maybe they're checking their phone from, from time to time, but when we're doing an activity like that, mm-hmm. um, usually that, that boredom time or that like lagging conversation is we're distracted by something else. And so yeah. I find that anything digital, it, it's not distracting us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it's more and more of a need for kids to be building relationships with adults, building relationships with each other where they're not distracted by yeah. um, a cell phone or um, a video game, whatever that yeah. looks. Like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, for, I, yeah, I think we just had a, a team do a mission trip over, um, they went to Athens, Greece. And one of the things was that we took phones away. Um, and that ended up being a huge, like some of the kids really appreciated that they were like, I'm not distracted yeah. by this. Mm-hmm. Like it, when, when that's no longer front and center, are in their pocket. Yeah. That breaks down the wall to have yeah. uh, relationships with others, students, leaders, all that. So I, th- I think that's where even relational ministry, it can be done around an activity, but there's also like, I think of relational ministry too on, we, we have our youth group on Sunday nights. So much about that is revolved around building relationships. Um, so many of our trips are, 
revolved around being together and building relationships with each other um, and meaningful relationships with adults as well. So yeah, there are two guys who ran, maybe still run the like Harvard happiness study. It's like this over a hundred year, like study where folks at Harvard just been asking folks from Boston and then from the rest of the country and the world, like what is it that makes a good life? And they talk about how, dudes have side-by-side relationships and women have like face-to-face relationships. Like, you know, my female counterpart in youth ministry would be like, yeah, let's just go get coffee with a seventh or eighth grade girl. And I would be like, oh, that sounds like, you know, maybe the closest thing to pulling teeth that's not actually pulling teeth, you know, like dudes got to be walking, they got to be playing disc golf or, you know, things like that. So yeah, that knowledge is, uh, is important. You know, you, you mentioned a lot of trips and stuff, uh, other things, events, endeavors that you guys do at hope kind of being, uh, focused at least in some way on building relationships. I know you're a young life guy, you know, I have been a young life leader myself, you know, there's a big concept in young life that you earn the right to be heard, to engage with somebody, et cetera. I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit about how emphasizing relationships maybe feeds into earning the right and then using the right to to preach the gospel, to disciple kids, things like that. So that that phrase, earning the right to be heard, the way I kind of let that play out is I want in the context of relation relational ministry, I want them to know that I care about them and that I care about their well-being and that there's so much about us hanging out that I'm spending time with them, I'm getting to know them, I'm asking them questions. And sometimes they can feel like, okay, we're not doing a Bible study. There's not content that's being talked about. But it it's really it can be really fruitful. Because so much of that, I'm building trust, I'm building a relationship with them. And so when um, things are difficult, um, I've become a person that they trust and can come to with harder questions. Um, Everything from a girl that they're dating or interested in or something that one of my students in particular, he's he's on TikTok and sees things about scripture on there and he'll ask questions. He's like, Hey, can we meet and talk about this? And that's been, I've been hanging out with him since he was a sixth grader and now he's a rising senior. And so, so much of what the idea of having this idea of like earning the right to be heard is having this long-term vision for kids in their life of like, okay, I'm, I'm hanging out with them. And with the hope of this is going to be a a deeper relationship as they mature in age, as we walk alongside each other, um, and knowing that they're going to be processing more as they develop as a high schooler. And some of those questions will be like about friendships and dating and a lot's going to be theological as well. And so, so much of that earning the right is um, like putting in the time with students and like, communicating like so much of my, like what I'm trying to cultivate is like, I care about you mm-hmm. as a person and I want, I want to spend time with you and I enjoy 
just getting to hang out with you. And so with that, there's this part of it that I just get to show up and be curious about what's going on with this student. Mm -hmm. I also just get to like enjoy them. And I think that's even a big part of like even thinking about relational ministry. So I, I was talking about how kids want to be known and seen. And that's such a way to, um, the relational ministry is a way to do that. But it's just like knowing that, like, just even what it looks like to invite a kid in and be like, hey, you want to you wanna do this today or yeah. sometime this week. And it doesn't have to revolve around, like, playing Frisbee. I think sure. one of the things um, that I've, a concept I've, I've heard, um, I think Drew Hill talks about this um, in his book, The Alongsider, but he just talks about being a student of your students, mm-hmm. knowing what they're interested in and asking them questions and then in asking them if they want to do those things. So asking them if they want to, like, if it's a baseball player, mm-hmm. I'll go throw, I'll go throw the baseball with you um, or whatever it is. So, yeah, um, yeah, good. that's, yeah, so much of it is being curious about them and finding out what they enjoy doing. Making me giggle because I think uh, before I got into youth ministry, the last video game I played was the uh, the Madden with Ray Lewis on the cover. I think that was like oh four, oh five on like the <laughs> PS2. And then all my kids would talk about was Fortnite. And so I like found myself, yeah, playing Fortnite as like a guy in my late 20s who hadn't played a video game with the exception of like Temple Run or something, you know, <laughs> while, uh, yeah, but you know, everybody's got their cross to bear, as somebody famous no. once said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you saying that made me think too, um, about what I want from other people too. Of like when people, we all know when people have taken an interest in us. Yeah, either be it a mentor or when we were in high school, had a youth leader or college, someone older than us come alongside us and just what that felt like for someone to be like, Oh, you enjoy doing that. Tell me, tell me more about that. Um, if it is Fortnite or yeah, Taylor Swift or what, whatever it is, um, yeah. something about, and it's fun seeing a kid light up and talk about something. Um, and so, and I think that's an awesome way for adults to move towards kids in general. Um, so be it youth leaders or adults in the church, because that's one of the things I've encouraged even dads to do with their sons is if you have time after church, go play around the Frisbee golf together. Like, yeah. and some have really like embraced that and do it. Um, so, yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Mark Schultz and Robert Waldinger, the Harvard happiness guys, it's like, they are not Christians as far as I know. I think one of them's like a, a Buddhist, you know, like teacher of yeah. some kind. But, uh, you know, they they talk about approaching people and asking the question, what is something I have never learned about this person before that I can learn in this interaction? And, uh, yeah, when you, like you said, being curious about kids, approaching them with the desire to just like know something new about them gosh, that just really makes relational discipleship so much more fun, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And new and fresh every time, you know, whether you got a kid that like you've been engaging with from sixth to 12th grade, you feel like, man, I've, you know, 
watch pretty much every development in this kid's life as a sentient person take place, there's still depths, you know, to know better. So that's super cool. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, this is kind of a, may, you know, maybe a more procedural question. Um, when we talk about relational discipleship, I'm wondering what that looks like at Hope and specifically what role your volunteers play in re- relational discipleship. Like, do they go out and hang with kids during the week or are they pretty much just there on Sunday nights or Wednesday nights? And I'm asking mostly for myself, um, though I hope it'll benefit others, because I always found it so hard to be like, you know, kind of sending out volunteers to feel comfortable going to five guys with somebody or, you know, uh, playing golf with somebody on the weekend, going to the driving range, whatever. Um, Because one, there's the time issue, you know, a lot of our volunteers are, you know, maybe married or have full-time jobs or whatever the case may be, but uh, then there was this kind of like, uh, hey, I'm I'm here on Sunday nights, but um, maybe feel a little squirrely about, you know, engaging in a smaller kind of less formal setting with students. Yeah. So that's the the way we do our Sunday nights is we um, kids show up. Well, we have a leader meeting first. Kids show up. We kind of have a little bit of hangout time and then we bring them in. Sometimes we'll do uh, like a time of worship. We'll always do some kind of like uh, icebreaker type game to get just kids to like any kind of energy out. Um, and then someone will give a talk and then we'll break up into small groups. Um, and so much of what we're trying to foster there is uh, our small groups is a time for them to kind of, I mean, process what they've heard, process like how it's landing and how it's, I mean, really creating space for them to even think through, okay, what am I walking through right now? How does the gospel apply to that? And so we have our leaders have specific age groups that they're doing that with every week. Um, My hope is that relationships are forming there. And then during the week, those leaders are pursuing kids and trying to hang out with them. Mm -hmm. And that is, you named it, that can be, it can be hard um, for leaders to even have the time to do it, to work through the awkwardness of uh, emailing or texting a parent to be like, Hey, can I pick your son, your daughter up and and go do something? Mm -hmm. Um, But that's where I think our Sunday nights are so important of, they're not doing this blindly or like they have a, an established relationship with them. And hopefully our Sunday nights are this springboard for a deeper relationship. Um, and we also do, we have Bible studies throughout the weeks and we're, we're trying to pull more of our volunteer leaders or parents into doing that as well. And that's also a, another place where um, a springboard for those relationships to happen to um, and some leaders are really good at this. Other leaders are, they're still kind of learning even what mm-hmm. that looks like. Yeah. And so I think there's, a, there's this, what I see my role as is I, I want to cast that vision as much as I can be even inviting them in and saying, Hey, this is what I'm doing with a student. This is what this looks like. I'll invite 
leaders alongside that, like we'll do it together. I think mm-hmm. that's a good way to kind of bridge yeah. that yeah. and help them. Um, but also I like, I'm so grateful for what our volunteer leaders are doing on a, on a Sunday night. And if that's all they're able to give, then I'm okay with that as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, my hope is that it would go outside of the context of just youth group on a Sunday night. Yeah. Um, and the, so much of our like hope, our church as a whole, our philosophy of ministry revolves around community groups. Mm-hmm. And um, so all of our volunteer leaders are in community groups, but the way we talk about community groups is, it's really a, a lab in a sense yeah. of like where we're processing either what you're hearing on a Sunday morning or just what you're walking through personally, a book they're studying together. And uh, so much of what's happening in that space is and what the community group leaders are trying to cultivate is the space to really try to flesh out, okay, what does it look like to live in light of the gospel? Um, and I mean, all kinds of things come up in that, um, what people are walking through and, um, what struggles they are having. And so I'm trying to cultivate that in our, in our Sunday nights, in our Bible studies as well. Like there's this, amount of theological knowledge that I want to equip equip our kids with. But Mm -hmm. also I, I I want to, I try to think about our students as a whole person of like, yeah, yeah, we want to give them this information, but also I want, I want them to get that head and heart connection. And I think one of the places where that happens is through relationship and, um, and even we try to do, stories throughout the school year as well. And one of the leaders will, will share their story. And that's a lot of times what I've found is that ends up being this kids want to talk to their leaders about their stories. They want to hear what they were like in middle school. Mm-hmm. Like what were some of the challenging things with living out your faith as a high school or as a college student? So it's, there's so much about, um, yeah, uh, just what, sharing your story, uh, which is a huge part of relational ministry and what that does with, um, in the life of a kid spiritually developmental. Definitely. Um, So, yeah, that's super helpful. Um, we are unfortunately bumping up on time for this podcast. So I'm wondering, um, if you, let's say, you know, there's a, a new to youth ministry youth pastor out there um, listening to this podcast, if there's one sentence you could give them to encourage them to disciple their students, maybe even volunteers relationally, um, maybe what piece of encouragement would you hand them as we close this podcast? What comes to mind immediately? Good. Just the, this idea of like, it takes time. Yeah. Like that's helpful. uh, just even thinking about our, the meaningful relationships we've had in our own lives, it's the people that we feel known by and that it takes time to get to know someone. Yeah. And so I think even having like certain students, yeah, we're going to have this short window of time with people and that can be really impactful. Um, and certain kids, we're going to get to walk alongside from sixth grade all the way to their senior year. And then once they're in college, like the, the fruit of 
getting to know a student and creating a space where they feel known and seen, I think there's so much power in that. And yeah. there's a lot of like just how God uses that in the yeah. in our own lives personally, but in the lives of our student. Um, so I think just yeah. it takes time and be patient with it and be curious and about what the spirit is up to and about what God is up to in that relationship. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Andrew, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us today. Um, super thankful to have you. And as we, uh, sign off, hope you guys will remember that the Lord Jesus is on his throne, ruling over his creation and your ministry. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. If you're new to youth ministry and love our free resources like our articles and podcasts, it may be time to try out our gospel-centered inductive Bible study curriculum for teenagers. If you don't know how to start, tired of creating your own curriculum, or you're just curious about what other youth ministers are finding helpful, we have developed a whole community and platform of resources just for you. Rooted Reservoir has all you need to lead your students through inductive Bible study with over 24 books of the Bible already available and more added each year. Our newest curriculum plans are a 31-week study on Luke and Acts and a 26-lesson study on First and Second Kings. Try it for free and join the several thousands of youth pastors who have downloaded our free Philippians curriculum, or go ahead and sign up for your yearly membership to access a full year of curriculum, four different youth ministry training courses, and over 200 teaching illustrations to help you as you plan each week. Visit RootedMinistry.com and head to the curriculum page for more information. RootedMinistry.com